You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Kermenges. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome back to your last episode of the week. This is going to be your Friday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning back in to another episode here at the Locked On Rams pod. This Friday's episode is going to be another mailbag episode. It is the Fan Mail Friday edition, and I'm excited to dive into the questions that you guys submitted to me because the next time we talk together is going to be on Monday, and that is officially the beginning of the NFL free agency period. So I'm pretty sure that over the course of the next few days going into Monday, the Rams are likely about to make a bunch of restructures, changes to their rosters, potential cuts, trades, whatever the case may be. And on top of that, Monday, the fun begins. Teams can start to technically sign players with the legal tampering period finally opening on Monday. And that's really when all the fun is going to begin. The Rams may lose some of their good players, may add some good players. We'll see. We don't really know what's going to happen just yet. But we do have a lot of good questions, a lot of which do pertain to the free agent pool or the Los Angeles Rams' free agents coming up here in a few short days. So we're going to dive right into them. And with the first question from at Gabriel GTZ, he said, do you think John Johnson III will remain in elite safety in a different team? Or will he follow the path of the recent Rams safeties that left through free agency? And that is a good question because the guys that have left the Rams have not had much success. We've seen TJ McDonald many years ago leave. Didn't do all that much with the Miami Dolphins. Rodney McLeod leaves, goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. He does win a Super Bowl there, but I don't think he's really ever reached that same statistical peak or performance of just himself that he had with the Rams. I don't think he ever got to match that. Though, you know, he had a lot of team success with the Eagles. And then you look at LaMarcus Joyner, who was just cut by the Raiders. I think John Johnson is significantly better than all three of those guys. I do think he's going to have more success wherever he goes. Now, he's been heavily linked to the Los Angeles Chargers, which would be sweet because that would obviously mean he would get to go play for Brandon Staley once again, his former defensive coordinator and now the head coach of the Chargers. So we know he fits in that system. And if he does go there, I wouldn't be shocked to see him play at an elite level once again. But at the end of the day, I think John Johnson is better than those aforementioned names. And I do trust him and his ability in general to just go on and continue to have success in the NFL, regardless of which team he joins in free agency. The next question is from at Noah Pandorf. He said, do you think that Bryson Hopkins will be our tight end too? Or will we address the position via free agency or the draft? Or do we keep Gerald Everett? I do not think the Rams are going to keep Gerald Everett. I think that relationship is pretty much sailed. Uh, The only way I could see Everett returning is if for whatever reason, he doesn't have much of a market at all, and he's willing to settle for a very cheap and team-friendly deal, something along the lines of one year for $3 million or something like that, which I don't think is going to be the case. I think there are enough teams in the NFL that do need tight ends, and not just need tight ends, but want to take a shot on a guy who is uber athletic, still young, has a lot of potential on the table. So I think Everett's going to be gone. Now, when it comes to the tight end two spot, I think it's most likely going to be Bryson Hopkins. But at the same time, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to going into the free agent pool and going to add a veteran, someone who 
has the ability to block and do a very good job in run blocking and then double down as a receiving threat. And someone that I want to mention that I would absolutely love to see added to the roster is veteran tight end Delaney Walker. He took 2020 off because of COVID and he wanted to just get healthy. And now he's coming back. I think he's just about 35, 36 years old. One of the game's best run blocking tight ends, still a receiving threat. The guy's strong as hell. And If you guys recall, he used to play for the 49ers and he and Vernon Davis used to give the Los Angeles Rams, their defense specifically, all kinds of issues, specifically in that running game. So I would love to see a guy like Walker added, but I think most likely Hopkins will be the tight end too. The next question, or maybe I should say statement, is from at ESPN underscore Rams underscore takes. said, not really a question, but I don't know why folks think the Rams need solely a deep threat. I think we need a guy who can run the go as well as offer other things skill-wise. I don't want to sign a one-trick pony. And I sort of agree. You know, I don't think the Rams are just looking for a Tavon Austin gadget-like type of player. I think they legitimately want another player in that receiving room that can take the top off of the defense, can work vertical. But not just that, they're going to have to be able to run all kinds of routes. They're going to have to be able to do all kinds of things, maybe double down as a return man. And, you know, at the end of the day, Sean McVay values guys that catch the football and create yardage after the catch. So that is another skill set I'm looking for when I'm looking at, you know, the receiver room and the potential to add another guy. Because let's be honest here, I don't think they're going to look for a Tavon Austin, you know, run straight four times a game and then handoff on jet sweeps and gadget style plays a couple of times. And that's that. If that was the case, you know, the Rams could find that guy relatively late in the draft or relatively cheap from free agency. But I don't think that's what they're going to be after. I think they're going to look for a legitimate wide receiver in this offseason. The final question from this first segment is from at Will Carrilla. He said, which players on our offensive line would you want to roll into 2021 with? And who would you like to see us replace? And that is a really good question. I think the two tackle spots are pretty well solidified. If Andrew Whitworth wants to come back, I would love to see him back at left tackle. Still played at an elite level last season. Still a very, very good and productive left tackle. Rob Hamenstein at right tackle. I thought he had a very nice rebound season last year. You know, he catches a lot of flack from Rams fans, and I'm not really sure why. But at the end of the day, I thought he rebounded and had a very solid season. He's still one of the top 10 right tackles in football, in my opinion. Still on a very nice, affordable contract. So I would look to return both of those guys. When it comes to the interior three, you know, I would love to see any of those spots upgraded. Not to say that those guys aren't good, but when it comes to me, I would love to see at least one guard spot upgraded and the center spot upgraded with Austin Blythe hitting free agency. Now, they don't necessarily need to upgrade the guard spot because I do think that left guard David Edwards and right guard Austin Corbett are solid and they actually improved last season and they could ultimately improve once again and take another step in their development forward next season. But, you know, with just looking at the free agent class, specifically at the guard spots, I get very excited about some of the names that are on the market. I think some of these guys are going to have to settle for cheap deals. And ultimately, if the Rams want to be one of the teams that come into play for one of those guys, I think they could find themselves in one of those situations where we can consider somebody a steal, quote unquote, because of what they get paid and how talented they are. And I'm glad that we finished on that note, because in the next segment, we're going to dive into all of the free agent questions. And I'm going to share some of the names that I think could be potential targets for the Los Angeles Rams in the free agent period. And just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. All you got to do is go head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's betonline.ag. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because they are having a Built Bar Madness style tournament over at their website at builtbar.com. You guys can go vote for your favorite tasting Built Bars. Today's matchup is going to be between the winner of the Apple Almond Crisp and Churro Puff Built Bar as well as the Cookies and Cream Built Bar. Now, I did not have the Churro Puff, so if that one does win, it's going to be tough for me to say, but I do think that the Cookies and Cream is one that is worthy of working its way to the Elite Eight. The flavors of these bars are absolutely unmatched and the texture is unlike anything I've ever tried in my life. You guys should go to BuiltBar.com or to their Twitter handle at built underscore bar. And remember to use the promo code locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order. That is locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who's going to become the best tasting protein bar. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, on the one-year anniversary of the NBA shutting down due to COVID, an NCAA team is forced out of the tournament due to a positive test. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of this Friday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. It is your host, Sosa Kremenges, and I appreciate you guys for sticking around for this segment because we are going to dive into the boatload and the majority of the free agent questions. And to kick it off is this question from at Grisanti915. He said, would you be okay with the Rams trading away Robert Woods if it meant getting back a second rounder and signing Kenny Galladay? And to preface it, you know, this is not realistic at all, in my opinion. For some reason, these ideas are floating around in Rams Twitter, and I'm intrigued. You know, I love the idea. And, you know, I think if the Rams could find a way to do it, I absolutely would. I would be completely okay with that. I think Kenny Galladay is every bit as good as a receiver as Robert Woods is right now. I think they rank pretty much similarly in that wide receiver 12 to wide receiver 16, 18, whatever the hell you consider it. I think they're both pretty much in that exact same range. And so if the Rams could get a second on top of that, yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. But I don't think it's going to be a realistic possibility because I expect Kenny Galladay to see a strong market with guys like Allen Robinson getting the franchise tag, as well as Chris Godwin. That wide receiver spot kind of got weakened and the free agent pool has obviously diminished a little bit with those guys not reaching the market, kind of pushing up a guy like Kenny Galladay to the number one spot. So I expect him to see upwards of 15 to $18 million per year on the open market. The next few questions are from my guy Wags. These are some good questions at Wags underscore official. He said, do you foresee any surprise cuts or trades from the Rams? And if we're able to restructure to get a few dollars to spend, what are some reasonable FA targets? And would you rather draft a burner or sign an affordable one like Marvin Jones or John Brown? And, you know, prior to listening to Les Snead's comments on his press conference, I believe it was on Wednesday. You guys can listen to that on the Thursday episode. I probably would have said that, you know, the Rams 
could potentially do some stuff when it comes to unexpected moves like either trading a player that we're not expecting to see traded like a wide receiver Robert Woods or uh, Rob Havenstein or cutting guys like Michael Brockers or a post-June one designation cut for a guy like Ashawn Robinson. But it sounds like they're going to do everything in their willpower to not do anything to the roster and just try to restructure guys. So I'm not really expecting to see much. The only thing I'm pretty much expecting to see is either one of Robinson or Brockers to potentially get cut or traded if for whatever reason someone is inclined to do so. When it comes to the reasonable free agent targets, so I have a list of names here, and it sort of ties in with the next question from at Assorted Goods PC. He said, what under the radar players do you think we could sign in free agency to plug and play and contribute? And so these are kind of going to get answered together here. This list of names, I think, are guys to look out for at various positions. Wide receiver, John Ross, safety, DeMonte Casey, former Atlanta Falcon, the Raheem Morris connection. Linebacker, Patrick Owasso, safety, Malik Hooker, cornerback, Cravon LeBlanc, safety, Keanu Neal, once again, the Raheem Morris connection, a large list of edge rushers ranging from Brian Kerrigan, Jadavian Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Romeo Okwara, and Hassan Reddick, and lastly, tight end Delaney Walker. I think all of these guys would be intriguing additions, whether they be the safety position to replace a guy like John Johnson, the cornerback spot with LeBlanc to just shore up that nickel spot a little bit. You've seen guys like Patrick Owasso, the linebacker. He could come in and start from day one. I mentioned John Ross as the potential vertical threat, a guy that is also from California. I listed a boatload of edge rushers because I think the Rams are going to find a way to sign one of the nicer or higher tier, more expensive edge rushers in this free agent period. And then again, Delaney Walker. I mentioned him in the first segment. And once again here, that is a guy I would love to see when it comes to the last question between drafting a burner or signing an affordable one. I would probably look to draft one instead because I think the Rams could find themselves a complete receiver in the draft and not really have to settle for a guy who's only a burner. I would love to see, you know, another younger player added to that mix because I wouldn't be surprised to see the Rams potentially moving on from a guy like Robert Woods or Cooper Cup next year or in two years. And so, you know, you could kind of go the Van Jefferson route of drafting a guy that maybe is not going to do all that much next season but could be a starter in a year's time. So I would rather do that. But, you know, there are some very good cheap options on the free agent market as well. I mentioned Ross, a guy like Deshaun Jackson could be an option. Marvin Hall, a very cheap option. So definitely plentiful wide receivers when it comes to the deep game, vertical game. The Rams are going to have plenty of options. The next question is from at Mr. Costi 61061924. He said, is Curtis Samuel a realistic option for the Rams? And what are your thoughts on him? in the Rams offense. I don't really think he's realistic. I think Curtis Samuel is going to get somewhere between eight to $12 million on the open market, pretty much just too much for the Rams. But when it comes to his skill set, I think he's one of the more underrated football players, underrated receivers in the league, a guy who can do it all. He can work vertical. He can work in the short to intermediate game, good hands, great rut runner, a guy you can scheme up touches for out of the backfield, a true all-around weapon. I would love to see someone like that with a similar skill set added to the Rams roster in terms of the receiver room, but I don't think the Rams are going to be able to afford a guy like Curtis Samuel because the wide receiver market has gotten a little bit thinner over the last few days with some of the franchise tags, and Curtis Samuel should be a hot commodity for teams looking to improve their passing games. The last question in this segment is from at Boy. He said, do you think going after someone like Kevin Zeitler and moving Austin Corbett to center would make sense and actually help the draft strategy this year? I'm not sure if Austin Corbett has any reps there, but he looked pretty good last year in the running game. He was moving people last year. 
You know, coming out of Nevada, a lot of people actually thought Austin Corbett's best position in the NFL was going to be at center. So you might be onto something here. I don't know if he can make the transition from right guard to center. Maybe, you know, he's a better guard than I thought he would be. So there is potential for that. But at the end of the day, you know, I do think the guard position is very deep in free agency. You've seen guys like Kevin Zeitler, like you mentioned, Gabe Jackson, who was just released by the Raiders, Richie Incognito, also released by the Raiders, Larry Warford, a guy that I've mentioned many times, formerly a teammate of Matthew Stafford's at that guard spot. So many guards to choose from. This guard class is absurdly loaded. I mean, there are so many good guards, and I would be thrilled with any one of them. So, you know, if the Rams do view Corbett as a guy that could start at center and could elect to actually pay a guard to improve that guard spot, I would be all in for that. I would be happy with that all day. If that's something they think they can do, if they think Austin Corbett could make a good center to replace Austin Blythe, I'm all the way here for it. In the final segment, we're going to dive into some questions related to Matthew Stafford, Les Needs philosophy entering this free agency period and one interesting question about Sean McVay and make sure to keep checking back in with us specifically next week because Monday is the official start of the NFL's free agency period. Folks, are you having any car troubles? Do you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't even start? Well, you should just go check out rockauto.com for your service needs. Rock Auto is a family-owned business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. That is correct, 20 years. We know that there is no better time than right now to support family-owned businesses with this strange COVID-related stuff that's going on. So please make sure to try and support family-owned businesses when you get a chance. And if you are a do-it-yourselfer or a professional and you're looking for reliably low prices, you should just go check out Rock Auto. Just go to their website, check out all of their available parts. It's a never-ending list. And if your car needs it, I bet they probably got it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to the final segment of this Friday edition your last episode of this week prior to the NFL's free agency period officially kicking off on Monday, March the 15th. I appreciate you guys for listening to this entire episode and making it this far. We have three more questions to wrap up this episode, so let's just dive right into them. The first one is from at E. Litster. He said, is Sean McVay on the path to a burnout? The guy burns at both ends and with new coaches every season, it can't be easy. Also, in an interview regarding Wade Phillips' tenure in coaching, McVay made it seem pretty clear that, at least non-verbally, he couldn't see himself coaching forever, and I actually recall that interview. That shocked me as well. I'm not going to lie. I can't remember exactly what he said, but you know, he was asked something about working in 10 or 15 or 20 years or whatever the case was, and his answer was pretty shocking. It was like, wow, I never thought he would say that, and you know, this is a guy who came into the league really young. And I think that was maybe something that has sort of hampered him because he looks like he's a guy that just never wants to really sit down and just rest. And, you know, the veteran coaches, the guys that have coached for many years probably know, you know, when they have downtime to take advantage of that downtime because, I mean, these guys are workaholics. They're working probably 18, 20 hours a day. And, you know, Sean McVeigh is a guy that loves to put everything on his shoulders. At the end of the day, whether it's 
the fault of a team or the fault of someone else or whatever the case may be. He's clearly a guy that loves to have his hands all over everything. You know, I think he may just put a little bit too much on himself. Even when you just look at his face from press conferences, interviews, whatever the case may be, the dude looks like he's aged like, you know, 10 years over the last three years. You can literally see just from his wrinkles on his face, his eyes, like they tell a story. This dude does look burnt out. So I see what you're saying there. Now, when it comes to, you know, what does it mean? I'm not really sure. It might not mean anything, to be quite honest. I'm not really exactly sure what Sean McVay feels like or what he's thinking. But, you know, hopefully he's around for the long term. And hopefully he has a nice, long, successful tenure with the Rams, another decade plus, whatever the case may be. Because this is a guy who's young, energetic, has had some of the most success in franchise history, an incredible coach, an incredible leader. And ultimately, I think he just needs to do a better job of maybe delegating some tasks, finding a way to relax, get away, you know, taking that dead time, like basically right now, I guess, even during the offseason, all the way up until July to try and get away from the game as much as possible and just downwind and kind of take your time because things in season are going to get hectic. We know that. And that's always the case for any NFL coach for any NFL franchise. The second last question is from Will Carella again. He said, so, so this may be a strange one, but does Matthew Stafford remind you at all of Mark Bolger? Bolger was underrated to me and could sling the ball downfield with some of the best of them, but didn't have a good team around him. And that's a fun and interesting comparison. I kind of like it, to be quite honest with you. I kind of view Stafford in somewhat of a similar light in terms of he just seems underappreciated to me. And I understand why he was. No disrespect to the Detroit Lions or you know Michigan in general, but that's not California. That's not Hollywood. No one's looking at Detroit and the lack of franchise success that they've had pretty much forever, but especially over the last 20 years or so, and talking about them as somebody that everyone should watch or an offense that's exciting, or they haven't had any good coaches. They've had very limited personnel on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Their running games have been terrible. Outside of Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford on the offensive side of the ball, have they really had much over the last decade? I mean, Golden Tate, okay. Brandon Pettigrew, uh, Eric Ebron, eh. Like, not really much talent there. And I can understand why he's underappreciated. I'm expecting him to take another step in his development here in LA. I'm excited to see what he can do with a head coach like Sean McVay. And I do like that comparison of, you know, letting it rip downfield like a Mark Bolger when Mark Bolger was letting it rip to the latter years of Isaac Bruce's career, Torrey Holt, guys like that. And then the incoming players like Steven Jackson. I'm excited to see what Stafford's going to do in this offense. I expect him to reach a peak that he's never reached in his career. Now, I don't really know who Stafford necessarily reminds me of, sort of like that gunslinger mentality of of a Brett Favre-like player. You know, he's not going to be scared to pull the trigger. He's going to sometimes throw stupid passes that make you just want to rip your hair out. But when you have that arm talent, when you have that will and drive to throw the ball deep, you know, sometimes you're going to fit it into windows that you have no business even attempting to throw into. And then sometimes it's just going to be a mistake. But that's all, you know, part of the fun. That's all part of the package. And at the end of the day, I'm really excited to just see what Matthew Stafford's going to be able to do in Sean McVay's offense. The last question is from my guy, Dennis. This is one of my favorite questions of this entire list. He said, did Les Snead's comments from his press conference change the way that you view the Rams approach to the offseason? And were there any cuts that surprised you around the league? They don't have to pertain to the Rams at all. And, you know, I kind of expected 
what the Rams were going to do in terms of what Les Snead said. I think they pretty much aligned. I expected the Rams to restructure a lot of the big contracts, guys like Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, potentially one of Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, or both, maybe even an extension for a Matthew Stafford or, again, an Aaron Donald. I expected them to make these moves because when you look at the salary cap table, they just didn't really have any guys that could be outright cut that would save a lot of money. So there wasn't really much wiggle room in terms of what they can do. That's simply what they're going to have to do because they don't have a choice. So, you know, we were kind of on that path and I don't really think that changes anything, but it was definitely very fascinating to hear him say, you know, we're not going to try to resort to cutting anyone, trading anyone. That is going to be the last resort. Our priority is restructures and we're going to focus on that because the Rams haven't really done that in the past. So that was definitely interesting. I'm excited to see what they do with the roster. Kind of tells me that, you know, they're going to gear up for a Super Bowl run here, which I think we all kind of knew when they traded for Matthew Stafford, but it's always good to reinforce that message. And then some of the cuts that surprised me, well, the two tackles from Kansas City I thought were very surprising in Eric Fisher, who was probably a little bit more expected, the left tackle, the right tackle, Mitch Schwartz was very interesting to me. I had no idea that he was going to get cut. He is arguably the best right tackle in football. So very surprising to me there. Uh, you know, I look around the league at some of the other names, Kevin Zeitler, the guard from the New York Giants. I thought they would have been smart to keep him because that offensive line is, you know, not exactly great. So that was a little bit surprising to me. But in terms of the cuts around the league, there haven't been all that many crazy ones, in my opinion, at least not yet. You know, those are probably the most surprising to me so far. I'm probably missing a few names because it's hard to keep up with everyone, but those are probably the biggest names for me thus far when it comes to around the league moves, guys that have been cut, and some of the shocking moves that have happened thus far into the offseason. That is going to do it for this Friday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for listening through another episode with me, your host, Sosa Cremendous. Just make sure to check back next week on Monday because it is officially going to be free agency time. So if you believe it, things are about to really ramp up and get fun here. We're about to see the new construction and the new roster that the Los Angeles Rams are going to head into the 2021 season with. So make sure to tune back and keep listening all throughout next week as well as the rest of the month because the Los Angeles Rams are about to start making some moves and it's about to get real fun. And just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QBsMEP and you can find the page at LockedOnRams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.